Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday the 23rd of May. Today I'm joined by Yvonne Hambula, who is a competition winner. Hi there, Yvonne. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. Um, so what did you want to talk about today? So before I move into today's story, I'd just like to point out a small mistake I made yesterday regarding the definition of ABSs. I said that ABSs are structures where both lawyers and non-lawyers can be directors, but actually it's not directors, it's shareholders. So I apologize about that. So now moving to today's story, the UK government has announced that it is selling 1.26 billion pounds worth of its stake in NatWest Bank, which it bailed out in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. Now the result is that the sale will reduce the government stake to 38.6%, down from 41.4%, and the shares are sold at about half than what they were initially worth. Now, initially, the government owned 84% of the bank. So on the one hand, this number of 38.6% is just a psychological level. So it's not as important as it might sound, but it is still important in the sense that the government's share is going down, which is what NatWest was. Now, the result for the government is not as good, obviously, because they sold the, the shares at half the price than they were worth. And we're talking about taxpayers' money. So if the government is losing money, that's taxpayers' money. Um, okay. But at the same time, it's not necessarily a bad decision to sell now, uh, given the volatility of the market and you know the, the collapse of other big banks. Regarding NatWest, on the one hand, it demonstrates positive progress on the bank's strategic priorities and the path to privatization, which NatWest is very keen on. But on the other hand, since everyone knows that the government will sell its stake, the whole stake it has in NatWest by 2026, its upside will be limited. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think you explained it really well there. Um, and by the way, thank you for for correcting. Um, you know, yesterday, I'm sure that everyone will forgive you. Uh, it's 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 all good. It's all good, right? So, so yes. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is you know, this is a a story um, given. You know, that's probably you know that's important now because. Um, uh, obviously, we we just recently had another uh, banking uh, sort of financial or mini financial crisis um, with the uh, collapse of um, uh, Credit Suisse in Europe and you know uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Verity Signature Bank and other various other banks in in uh, smaller banks in the US. Um, so, in light of all that, um, it does seem that um, you know it, I, I suppose this probably seems more important than it actually is at the moment because because banking has been very much at the forefront of everyone's minds um but it it does yeah i mean as you said what this shows is is that 
um, the the government is losing money, and that's taxpayers' money, i.e., your money, my money, um, has has gone to finance this, and 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 we're running at a loss. Now, um, the fact that it's got uh, just less than forty percent again, you quite rightly said, actually, it's not that important in the sense that I mean the level that would have been important was 51%, you know, below which it would have, um, uh, the government, you know, was no longer in the majority. Um, but now we're going to see psychological levels of 40%, 30%, 20%, 10%. Um, and I think the, the, the thing is, is that this will just prolong um, a cloud hanging over uh, NatWest because everyone will know and they already knew everyone has known since 2008 that uh, that the government is hanging on to a lot of shares of NatWest so the problem is is that any uh, if you see much of a sustained uptick in the share price of NatWest the risk is is that you're always going to see the government is going to come in and sell another chunk so um, every time it goes up the government says oh goody you know let's uh, let's sell at a higher price so they get rid of another chunk and then the price goes down and do it again and again and again until um, the uh, share price goes, you know, uh, to, sorry, until their stake goes down to zero or let's say maybe say less than 5% or something. Um, and it, once that is the case, everyone thinks, OK, there's not a massive seller in, in the in the market now. And that is when potentially the share price could start to rise on a sustained basis but at the moment the way it is um and the and the fact that everyone knows that the government has a massive um has a massive chunk of it still um it means that the share price upside is probably going to be limited i would have thought for for quite some time yet do you have any further thoughts on that no i think you've covered everything really well that's okay. That's okay. Right. Uh, okay, then. Well, let's talk then about this other, uh, like, so today in today's Watson's Daily, um, wanted to bring up uh, this story about um, South Korea, uh, or South Korean chip makers potentially um, supplying China with chips. Now, I've got to give a bit of background to this, right? So, yes, well, over the weekend, straight in yesterday's Watson's Daily, um, there's a story that Micron, which is an American um, maker of chips, by the way, chips, semiconductors, same thing, right? So, uh, Micron is a US uh, chip manufacturer, and um, China decided um, to ban uh, Micron uh, chips from uh you know from 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 china uh, and um in in specific instances but you know basically it does affect uh, a lot of um micron's business in china um and that means that um suddenly uh the the most obvious substitute providers of these chips is Samsung and SK Hynix of South Korea. So rather than me say Samsung and SK Hynix all the time, I'm just going to say Samsung because it's easier to say and it just means it will get get to the point quicker. Anyway, basically um, this, you know, they are the most obvious ones to actually 
supply uh, China with the chips that it needs, that it would have got from Micron. So that's that's a bit of background. Also, another bit of background is that um, recently Joe Biden um, asked the South Korean government um, to discourage Samsung and others um, from supplying China with the chips that Micron would supply in the knowledge that Micron was probably going to get banned, which ended up happening. However, the uh, what the, the, the story is today is that, um, that the, the, the South Korean government have said, it's not our choice. We are not going to tell our chip makers what to do. They can decide themselves. So basically, they have outsourced the problem to Samsung. And that puts them in a difficult position because it's like, who are, who, you know, who, who are they? You know, because they want to make chips in America, right? Because in America, um, the, you know, they will have access to uh, some big, a, a big amount of money from the Inflation Reduction Act. But this could make the situation very complicated. So it is a very, I think this is an interesting uh, story from a tech point of view, but also from a geopolitical, uh, geopolitical point of view. I think so too. And, you know, it's very interesting to once again view the interconnectedness of business and politics and how one can affect the other, mm -hmm. either positively or negatively. Who do you think is going to be the biggest winner or loser in this? Is it going to be the US, China? Mm. Mm. So I don't know if this... I mean, I would say, first of all, the out-and-out -out loser um, in this is Joe Biden. Um, the reason why I say that is because it makes it look like his word doesn't really carry any weight at all. Mm -hmm. um, this is another example of where he has failed in his... Um, foreign policy. So this time around, he said to South Korea, "Hey, please help us. You know, help us out. Try to discourage your your uh, chip makers from supplying China if China decides to um, ban Micron, which it has. So that's that's one thing that makes him look bad. It reminds me of the time um, only a few. I think it was only a few months ago. I think I don't know how long ago it was, but anyway, um, where he went to Saudi Arabia, and he said. So this was going up uh, in the approach to his midterm elections. He said, um, "Can you please, um, you know, increase production to make the the oil price um, go uh, go lower because that will help me out in my elections, right?" Um, and then the Saudi Arabians turned around and went, actually, no, we're going to act. In fact, we're going to produce less to make the high, the, the we're going to do exactly the opposite of what you've asked for. And we're going to produce less so that oil, the oil price goes higher. So it seems to me this is bad for him because it just makes him look weak um, and inconsequential. And um, obviously next year there's going to be a presidential election and they really don't need more of this ineffectual um, stuff going on, so I'd say he is an out and out. He is an out and out loser in this potentially. Yeah. Yeah. In terms, in terms of the actual companies themselves, 
Um, I would say that, you know, Samsung and SK Hynix, um, they're in a very difficult position because they've got to decide whose business do they want more? Do they want the US business, in which case they need to not supply China? Um, or do they want the China business, in which case they might end up not supplying America? But then, you know, does does who needs them more? You know, who needs Samsung and SK Hynix more? Does does the US need them more, or does China need them more? So it's a very it's a very difficult balancing act, and I suspect that there'll be lots of, um, you know, kind of exceptions and things made to try to satisfy everyone. But it's a very you know it's a it's a very uh, me messy. Um, yeah, it's a very messy situation for them as well. And as, as regards the South Korean government, um, they will, you know, they've probably dodged a bullet on this one um, by making Samsung and HK and SK Hynix um, decide because it means that now, you know, even if Biden comes back and says, hey, I thought you, I told you to have a, have a word with your semiconductor companies, the government can say, well, look, you know, we think that actually they are best placed to decide. So we decided to let, you know, so that will still keep the, the channels open with the US, although it won't have gone down very well in the US. So it's all a bit of a, it's, to be honest, it's kind of a mess. Um, and I think that, um, uh, you know, we're just going to have to see, but I, I think that there is going to have to be some kind of, compromise here with with some supply i would have thought going uh, going to china but maybe not as much as it had hoped i mean it, you know maybe Sang, samsung and sk hynix can make up some sort of stories about how difficult supply chains are and things like that say well it's not us we're not it's not us we don't, we don't want to supply you it's just that we so happen not to be able to supply you at the moment i don't know um but it's a very messy situation and as you say uh, as you have said it's interesting how you get the politics and the economics of a situation uh, combining to form something that's really quite, yeah. that's really quite tricky. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's almost like Korea took the easy way out by yeah. putting the the weight on the two companies to decide. Yes, that's it's basically what it's done. Big dilemma. Yeah, that's basically what it's done. It's gone. No, no, we're not interesting. We're not. We're not interested. Uh, yeah, you, you got you. You guys deal with it. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So anyway, not not pleasant um, for for those involved. But um, we'll see. But it just there's just this whole kind of tech war essentially going on uh, between the US and China, and it just continues. And it will. I'm sure there will be other areas that will be affected as well. Do you think it will ever end? Um, I think that if it does end, it will have to be something that's dealt with by the US, the next US administration, whatever that may be. Because President Xi Jinping is going to be in power for the next I don't know, however many, I mean, he's, you know, he's like Putin, right? So, I mean, the, the irony of these is that, you know, these economies, they, they're supposed to be for the people and the people decide, etc. And actually what, what, what the leaders seem to be doing is to 
give themselves even more power and surround themselves with more people that agree with them. Yeah. Um, and and so you know she's not going anywhere. I mean, unless he's like ill or something, he's not he's not going anywhere. So if anything is to change, I think it's going to have to come from the next um, the next administration because I don't think there's there's only going to be fairly limited room for manoeuvre I would have thought for uh, Joe Biden because he's not got he's you know he's got another at least another year in in power so and I don't know whether so I would have thought that um, the opposition to Biden will be very much trying to say you know he's not being very strong in China he's ineffectual his foreign policy is failing you know all that kind of stuff so Biden's not going to want. I wouldn't have thought Biden is going to want to soften his stance too much, um, but I don't think it's in his interest to particularly get that much more aggressive either um, before a presidential election. So at the moment, I would have thought that it's it's that that, that this is going to this bad feeling is going to continue, which is amazing because it was really, I guess it was really started very much you know became suddenly anti-china as soon as trump got into the white house and it's still it's still continued since then it's amazing really (laughs) well it remains to be seen then yes absolutely but uh a messy situation and um you know not great for biden but um the south korean government have managed to potentially dodge a bullet here and they've passed passed done as we say in rugby done a hospital pass um to samsung um and sk hynix anyway so there we go i think we'll, we'll leave it there um but look um yvonne i know we, we dealt with some quite tricky subjects today um but um but thank you very uh, very much yvonne for your um for your insight into today Thank you for having me. It was a very pleasant talk. No problem. No problem. Thank you very much for listeners for listening. Have a great day, whatever you're up to. By the way, um, I just got to say I am presenting at a a big event on Friday, uh, this Friday, for the um, London Young Lawyers Group. Uh, It's going to be held um, at Field Fisher offices. Um, and I'm going to be on a panel along with Jake Shogger of the Commercial Law Academy, Rob Hanna from the Legally Speaking podcast. Um, and we've got uh, Jane Beckett uh, who, uh, from uh, Field Fisher as well. Uh, so everyone's, you know, we're all going to be talking about hot topics that people should be um, paying attention to at the moment and uh, should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, people will learn a lot um, whilst we're there. Um, I'm definitely going to be hanging around afterwards as well, um, and and so and you know I believe I, so I believe Jake is as well. So if you if you want to have a chat or ask anything, whatever you can do that as well. Um, but there you go, that's it. Um, so thank you very much indeed. Have a lovely day, whatever you're up to, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Many thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye.